between mercy and grace and we said mercy is when God withholds the punishment that you deserve so you deserve to be punished but God said okay I will not give you that you know take for instance if a child if your child offends you or disobeys a, a, a rule in the heart I know that anybody that disobeys this should get this and then it was you to execute punishment and you looked at your child and you said I will show you mercy what mercy means is that the punishment you deserve is withheld but grace on the other hand is when when your father does not only withhold the punishment that you deserve by showing you mercy but he now blesses you that is grace unmerited favor unmerited blessing amen amen and we are saying that the grace of God has appeared to all men that means there is no di differentiation when God gives his grace his grace he has given to all men everyone have access to grace so it's only what you do with the grace that matters if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior you have received the grace of God you see that grace of God will has a lot of benefits but you can only you can have it dormant if you don't 
take advantage of the grace of God. Hallelujah. If you don't use it for your benefit. Now, every born again believer. So today we are I'm just going to round up this. Jesus is the grace. So, Jesus came and paid our debt. And by Jesus paying the debt, we have salvation. We have access to God. We are declared not guilty. And that is justification. We are declared not guilty by the shedding of the blood Jesus on the cross of Calvary. We have been justified. Declared not guilty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And now, not just beyond that, Jesus now he promised the disciples, he said, look it is for your benefit that I go. You know, at a point the disciples were like, when Jesus was now talking about, you know, I will die I will resurrect, I will go they were worried because they have gotten so used to Jesus you know, you can imagine if you get used to a friend and then the friend is telling you, you know, I'm going to leave very soon. You know, you start already feeling the void so the disciples have gotten so used to Jesus and when Jesus was telling them he was going to go, they weren't finding it funny so Jesus, realizing it, was telling them, he said, look, it's for your benefit that I go. Because I'm sending another. This one I'm sending, is not just going to be restricted in the space, but this one is going to be with you, inside of you. So that was an exponential passion. It was beyond the physical restriction. Because even when Jesus was with them, there was physical restriction. Hallelujah. But he said, this one that I'm sending is going to be inside you. And now it's not just going to be only with the twelve, but it's going to be with as many that receive him. The Bible says, as many that receive him, he gave the power. What is the power? The Holy Ghost. The power is the Holy Ghost. Because the Bible told them, he said, wait in Jerusalem until what? The power comes on you. So what's the power? The Holy Ghost. Many that receive him, he gave that power to become the sons of God. What's the power there? The Holy Ghost is the power that makes you the sons of God. Because the Bible said, when you come to God, you are sealed with the Spirit of grace. You are sealed with the Holy Ghost. That is the seal of power. Glory to God. So the Spirit, this is what we're talking about today. The Spirit of grace. Amen. The spirit of grace. The spirit of grace is the, is the Holy Ghost. You know, there are so many terms in scriptures that if you are not careful, you want to get confused. But the spirit of grace is the same thing as the Holy Ghost. Grace himself is Jesus. And the spirit of grace is the Holy Ghost. Because he's the one that is assigned to administer grace. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost was in the Old Testament. Jesus was in the Old Testament too. Jesus, but they operated in different dimensions. In the Old Testament, Jesus was the Lamb of God that they fled. Was a symbol of the Lamb that they fled. Then the Holy Ghost was there. The Holy Ghost is the voice of God. The voice of God that they heard in the wilderness. The voice of God that they had. 
that the prophet had. Who was that? It's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy But that was in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, the Holy Ghost is not inside of you. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost now lives inside of you. He said, Do I need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost to get the Holy Ghost? See, the moment you give your life to Christ, the that you were sealed with the Spirit. So every believer, anyone that has given their life to Jesus, have the Holy Ghost. You don't need another ceremony, you don't need another laying of hands to receive the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is already inside. The moment you give your life to Jesus, you have the Holy Ghost. You have the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. Every believer has the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. But you know, it's not every believer that is controlled by the Holy Ghost. See the difference now? It's not every believer that is controlled by the Holy Ghost. Because the Spirit of God, the Bible says, He does not force His will on us, but He makes us what? Willing. The Spirit of God is a gentle Spirit. So even when that Spirit of God comes upon you, He does not force anything on you. He cannot violate your will. That was why even in the, in the garden, you know, I think it was, see me, he said, sorry, it was my daughter, my daughter was asking me, he said, daddy, why, why, can't, can't God just make everybody born again? God should just make all of us born again. But he said, that's why you have the willpower. God gave it to you so that your decision to come to God is your own decision. Not that you were forced that you were possessed. That's why the Bible said that even the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. You still have the control. You can decide that you don't want to serve God. You can decide to serve God. But it's the Holy Ghost that convicts you on the inside. It's the Holy Ghost that, that gives you that nudging on the inside come to God in the first place. Some of you think that you came to God. Have you asked yourself, why is it that you are the one that is having God? And you have some of your friends who don't care about God. You think you are special? It's the Holy Ghost that convicted you. It's the Holy Ghost that the, the Bible said, for the God of this age has blindfolded the eyes of the unbelievers that they will not see. If you can see, it's because God opened your eyes to see. It's not because you were too intelligent. If I look at my life, how I gave my life to Christ, I keep wondering, how did I even come about it? How did I decide to be in this side? It's God who that you are drawn to the things of God. It's God. Because there are a lot of people out there who don't care.
is not every believer that allows the Holy Ghost to control them. You see, when the believer allows the Holy Ghost to control them, that's when we say that believer is filled with the Holy Ghost. Are you getting my point? That's when we say that believer is filled. So it's not like the Holy Ghost is like water that keeps now pouring on you. No, it's because of your yieldedness. Because of the Bible said, whoever you yield to, you become a slave to that person. Because of your yieldedness, you have yielded to the Spirit of God. You have yielded to that indwelling Spirit of God, and that indwelling Spirit of God is now taking over your life. It's now controlling you, giving you instructions. You are listening to Him. You are Word of God. And you are letting the word of God lead in everything you do. And we can look at you and say, this one is filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, getting filled with the Holy Ghost is not the emotions. Because people get it mistaken. Getting filled with the Holy Ghost is not falling. Emotions can come in. Depending on the temperament of the people. But you see, it's, the Holy Ghost is not the emotions. The Holy Ghost is not a feeling. If there is a loud sound in this place, people can react in different ways. Is that true? If you hear boa, some people can just shake. Do you understand my point? Some people who there are some people that grew up in Paco area that their heart is strong. They will just what is that? There is no shaking. So it's the so the fact that some people fall or some people it's just their emotions, but that's not the Holy Ghost. So you must differentiate these things. People respond in different ways. But that's not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost walking in our life is by the fruit we bear. Hello. So the ministry of the Holy Spirit can involve feelings and emotions. At the same time, we are not based... We do not base, we are not to base the assurance of our possession of the Holy Spirit on how we feel. Are you with me now? Somebody say, I feel my hands. The Holy Ghost is now in my hands. That's not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not the one that is shaking your hands. That's how you are feeling because of maybe an overwhelmness of the Spirit that, that is upon you. But the hand that is shaking is not the Holy Ghost. self-controlled you are. 
That's how I know you are filled with the Holy Ghost. It's not by the gymnastics. Because anybody can do gymnastics. How many of you know? Ah! Call some guys now and tell them they will act anything you want. Can't you see they do it in movies? All these guys are at uh, Nollywood movies and they are doing all those things. And if you are the Holy Ghost. But they act it very well. Don't they act it very well? So it can be acted. So how can God be so cheap for you to act? That's beyond God. So how do I know somebody is filled with the Holy Ghost? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Quickly. Ephesians chapter 5. He said, do not be drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. He said, instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. So how do I know someone that is filled with the Holy Spirit? You know, some people interpret this thing to mean that the apostle is talking about excess alcohol or that. No, that's not what he's talking about. Some people have used this thing to defend alcohol and all, and all that. If you look, see, anytime you read the Bible, read the context. Alright? If you want to read the Bible, read the context. Find out what is this person talking about? So usually, I don't just pick a verse. I read it from like three, four verses. I read it and then I get the true story. The whole of chapter five was talking about the workings of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. And Paul was likening to a man who is drunk. A man who is drunk. There are characteristics of a man who is drunk. Is that true? There are some things you see in a man who is drunk. Praise God. And when a man that is filled with the Holy Spirit, there are also some characteristics. That's what Paul was trying to say here. He was trying to draw a friend. A man who is drunk, what do you see? You see that, okay, some people now have taken it that, I've gone to some meetings, I don't know how many of you have gone to some meetings, when some people will be doing like this, doing like this, and he said, you ask what is going on with them. He said, they are, they, are, they are Holy Ghost. They are filled with the Holy Ghost. Alright? Now, I'm not saying that cannot happen. But that is not a sign that somebody is filled with the Holy Ghost. The characteristic of a man filled with the Holy Ghost is evident. You can see it. Alright? So when people are drunk with too much wine, they, they, they demonstrate some certain characteristics. They become clumsy, their speech is slurred, and their judgment is impaired. You know, Paul said this comparison here. So just as certain characteristics are identified of some people who are controlled by the spirit by wine, there are also some characteristics identified with people who are controlled by the spirit. So let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. If you read verse 16 quickly, Galatians chapter 5, read verse 16. Verse 16. Look at what verse 16 says. It says, So I say, let the spirit then you will not you would you won't be doing what your sinful nature desires so man who is controlled by the spirit does not gratify the loss of the sinful nature so when you see somebody who is gratifying the loss of the sinful nature who is living in the sinful life he is not controlled by the spirit it is not possible to have somebody who is controlled by the spirit and the person is also enjoying the sinful life because the spirit of god cannot lead you into sin the spirit of God will lead you out of sin 
Hallelujah. 25, verse 25. Look at verse 25. Quickly. And then we'll, we'll go to the fruit of it. Verse 25. Look at what it says. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. So a man that is controlled by the Spirit, a woman that is controlled by the Spirit, is led. He is led by the Spirit. Now let's look the characteristics of a man that is controlled by the Spirit now. From verse 22. 22, quickly. Look at what it says. He said, but the Holy Spirit this kind of fruit in our lives. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. What are they? Love. So, when you want to know a man that is filled with the Holy Spirit, they have what? Love. They have what? Joy. They have what? They have what? The next one. Kindness. The next one. Faithfulness. Gentleness. They are gentle people, no? There is no law against these things. Hallelujah! A man that is controlled by the Spirit has characteristics. That's what the Bible said. That's what the Bible said. It said, by their fruits, you will what? This is the Bible telling us how to identify false prophets and the good prophets. It said, by their fruits. It didn't say by their prophecy. So, by their fruits. When a man is saying he's this, he's that, look at the fruit they bear. Listen. A bad tree cannot give, cannot bear a good fruit. Every tree must bear its kind. It is not possible for you to be good and all your fruits are bad. Something is wrong. And that's why the Bible says, by their fruit you will know them. A man that has received the Holy Ghost, a man that is born again, that has the Spirit of God inside of them, you will see the fruits that they bear. You can identify them by their fruits. Hallelujah. So, the spirit of grace, after we have been justified, we have been declared holy. Now the spirit of grace take over into the process of transformation. You know, because we have learned some old habits <laughs> while we were yet in sin, when the spirit of grace takes over, we are being changed. Glory to God. We are being what? We are being changed. There's a transformation going on. Hallelujah. There's a transformation going on. So, so let us look at what is the activity of the Holy Ghost in the life of a believer what is the activity of the Holy Ghost now like we said clearly before we even came to Christ in the first place it was the Holy Ghost that brought us 
And that's why the Bible said that the Holy Ghost will convict the world of what? Of sin. And the Holy Ghost will also convict the world of righteousness. The Holy Ghost will also convict the world of judgment. There are three things. Sin, righteousness, and judgment. So how does the Holy Ghost do that? The Holy Ghost, first of all, tells you as an unbeliever that you are a sinner. And he also tells you as an unbeliever that the only way of being righteous is through Jesus. And then he also tells you as an unbeliever that there is judgment that is coming if you do not uh, <laughs> accept Jesus. So those are the three things that the Holy Ghost convicts the unbelievers of. So before we come to Christ, the Holy Ghost convicted us of these things. Told us that, look, you are a sinner. And he also tells you that, look, there is a way out. And that is the righteousness of Jesus. And I also tell you that if you reject this righteousness of Jesus, judgment is all that is left. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, all of us that are here today as believers, we are here as believers because the Holy Ghost convicted us. We are here as believers because the Holy Ghost walked on us. The Holy Ghost was the one that drew us. And then we yielded to the Holy Spirit. And that's why we're here today. As believers in Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, after we have come to God, what does the Holy Ghost do for us? Now that we are believers, the Holy Ghost assists us in prayers. The Bible says, we know it not what, what, what to pray as we ought. But the Spirit interceded for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. So, now that you are a born again Christian, the Holy Ghost begins to teach you how to pray. Helps you in. How does the Holy Ghost help us in prayer? Because the Holy Ghost knows us, knows what God has planned for us from the beginning. The Bible said we were destined. Bible said before we were formed in our mother's womb, God what? God knew us and has appointed us, alright? Has appointed us as prophet unto the nations. So the plan of God for our life was already decided before we were born. And you cannot know it except the Holy Ghost that works with your spirit and can interpret that plan and bring it to your mind. So when the Holy Ghost is praying for you, what the Holy Ghost is doing is the Holy Ghost is interceding on your behalf according to the plan, according to the original plan. So sometimes when I pray, I, I speak in tongues. When, what am I doing when I speak in tongues? I am letting the Holy Ghost pray for me. Hallelujah. Because, you know, we know in parts. Amen. We know what? In parts. There are things we know in part, but the Spirit knows the fullness. Praise God. Please let, let them get aha, okay. Let them get something up. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So the Holy Ghost intercedes on our behalf. And then the Holy Ghost also lead the believers into righteousness. Galatians chapter 5, 
Can you go there? Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 from verse 16 to 18. 16 to 18. Look at what he said. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your desires. Next. The next verse. He said, the sinful nature wants to do evil. Which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the sinful nature gives us desires that are opposite of what the spirit nature desires. Alright? These two things are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your to carry out your own intentions. Right? The next verse. But when you are directed spirit, you are not on obligation of the process. The next. The next. When you follow the desire of the sinful nature, the results are very clear. Now, get it clear. These are following the sinful nature, which are opposite the one of the spirit. Are, are, are you there now? What are the what are the the fruit of following the sinful nature? Now, this is the fruit of following sinful nature: immorality. Impurity, lustful pleasures, the next, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division. Drunkenness, wild parties, <laughs> and other things like this. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Then he goes, he said, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. So, can you see there is a contrast? Are you with me now? There is such contrast between what the flesh produces and what the spirit produces. So, you cannot say you are filled with the spirit if you are producing what the flesh produces. Uh, is somebody getting what I'm saying? Now? These two are the same. If you check the beginning, he said, there, there is a fight going on. The flesh and the spirit. If you follow the the desire of the spirit you will produce what the spirit produces if you follow the desire of the flesh you will produce what the flesh produces but as believers what should we follow the spirit why because we are no longer in the flesh hallelujah you know that is what Paul was telling them he said don't you know don't you know that you are now renewed don't you know that you are now a new creation? How can you, who are now born again, still live by this same life? That is, that is abnormality. Glory to God. That is not the kind of person you are. You have been redeemed. You have been saved. Why will you still live in this same side? Why will you still live your life like this? You are no longer that person. When you gave your life to Christ, the Holy Ghost came inside of you. You belong to God now. I 
align yourself to the things of the spirit align yourself to the things of God don't let the sinful nature rule you so if you say you are a believer and we are still seeing the things we just listed now can we go back to those things let's go back to them go back go okay uh-huh. if you say you are a believer and we are still seeing immorality in you if you say you are still impurity lustful pleasures the next the next idolatry sorcery how many of you know sorcery sorcery is what is common today witchcraft alright idolatry people worshipping other gods what are the other gods that people worship today when people carry talisman carry all kinds of things replacing God you know hostile people how many of you like quarreling here <laughs> some people nobody shaking their head <laughs> jealousy force of anger selfish ambition dissension, division brokenness, white parties and other sins like this so if these things are found in you and you are a believer that means you are not bearing the fruit of the Holy Ghost that means you are not being filled with the Holy Ghost you have the Holy Ghost inside you but you are not letting that spirit take possession of you you are not living your true life you are living a fake life because your true life is hopeless hallelujah this is your true life now let's go to fruit of the spirit let me show you your true life as a believer your true life is what you say but the spirit produces this kind of fruit what are they love that's your true life what's the next one joy what's the next one sense kindness goodness faithfulness what's the next one gentleness self-control this is your true life as a believer and this is what we should see inside of you glory to God it's what we should see in your life as a believer in Christ Jesus so the Bible says walk in the spirit so that you will not gratify the lusts of your sinful nature. So how do I walk in the spirit? Obeying the word of God. Spend time studying the word of God. Spend time in prayers. Find out what the ordinance of God is. What does God want me to do? Follow it. Hallelujah. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. So these these things you can't achieve them by by your personal efforts. Are you listening to me? Personal efforts, trying cannot bring about this result. It is the Holy Spirit that helps you. So what do you do? You yield to the Holy Spirit. So if you are struggling with anger, how do you overcome anger? Do you try to stop anger? If you try, 
if you will encounter situations that will make you, you won't even know when you lose the anger. So but what do you do? You submit yourself to the Spirit of God. First of all, you need to humble yourself and say, Lord, I have the Spirit of God inside of me and what the Spirit produces is self-control. It's not anger. Because the Bible says, I have not, have not given you the Spirit of what? Anger. You don't have the Spirit of anger. You have the Spirit of boldness, not anger. It's not the spirit of fear that you have. It's the spirit of boldness. Because he said the anger of a man cannot produce the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. So how do you deal with anger? Or how do you deal with any other thing? Any other issues that we just listed? All those things. If you are a child of God and these things are still, you yield yourself to the spirit of God. How do I yield myself to the spirit of God? Submit yourself to the spirit by Acknowledging the Spirit of God, acknowledging who you are, confessing who you are. This is who I am. I'm a child of God. I do not dwell in these things. I do not live in these things. And as you behold the Word of God, as you study the Word of God, as you spend time in prayer, you find out that you will begin to lose taste of these things. Are you with me now? You find out that this thing, you will see yourself. You wake up and you can't see these things again. I, I, I think I shared with us about a, a testimony uh, one of my pastors shared. He said he gave his life to Christ when he gave his life to Christ newly. Because he was a chain smoker before he gave his life to Christ newly. He was still struggling with smoking. Even after he has given his life to Christ. So he would go and hide and smoke. But he wasn't proud of it. So after he has finished smoking, he will come out and say, he will feel so bad. Why did I do this? I shouldn't be doing this as a child of God. So he tried to stop like all of us would do. He struggled to stop, but he would not. He, because, you see, these things have taken over your... It's, it's not by effort. If it's by effort, how many people have done New Year resolution and it wasn't up to one week you break the New Year resolution? It's not by the force of the will. Are you listening to me? Is the Holy Ghost making you willing? It's, it's the Holy Ghost that works inside of you. So you need to ask the Holy Ghost to help you. Hallelujah. That's why He's there. So you need to ask for His help. So it's not about you trying. Because there are a lot of people who have tried and they couldn't. How many of you know that? How can somebody be harming their own body? Willingly. You think it's okay? There are people that are already addicted to these things. And it is not by the will of it. Their will. They want to stop it. Some people are even doing it and they are crying. Because they can't help themselves. So it's not a thing of your will. It's a thing of what? The Holy Ghost helping you. Hallelujah. So you need to. First. You need to go to God in prayer. And say Holy Spirit help me. And then you study the word. Read the scriptures that pertain to all those things. Let me tell you. There was a case I had, and that was anger. There was a time in my life, I don't get angry easily, but when I get angry like this, I lose, I lose control. I think I've shared it here before. I almost ruined a wedding because I got angry. But I wasn't proud of it, so I went to go. What I did, I, I searched all the scriptures that relate to anger in the Bible. And I started to read them. 
as I was reading those scriptures, before even, every day I had a portion of scripture that related to anger, I was reading those scriptures. As I kept reading those scriptures, I didn't even know when it happened, but I discovered that anger left me. I discovered that I had I, I had situations that I should flare up like I normally do, but I'm I was still calm. What happened? The Holy Ghost taking roots. It's, it has even gotten almost. It's getting to the other side that sometimes somebody will hit me and say, "Nana, wow, you are just too easy. Why are you letting people just, you know, disrespect you like this? Why are you letting people just do these things to you? You know, and all that. It's because some, I, I, I'm a dead man in that area." Hallelujah. So that's the same thing we need to do. You need to yield your spirit, yield your yield your life to God and ask God to take control over that matter. And let me tell you, the spirit of grace is available to us. The spirit of grace is available. So whatever that issue is, the Holy Ghost is there. Ask him to help you. That's why he came. That's why he's there in your life. His responsibility is to help you live the life of grace is to help you produce the that's why it's called the fruit of the spirit that's the job of the Holy Spirit to help you produce the fruits but you need to yield to him you need to allow him to help you because if you don't he cannot help can we be on our feet let's begin to ask him to help you I don't know what that area you need help. That area that does not represent who you are. That area that does not represent who you are in Christ. You are a believer, but there is a struggle. There is a struggle in certain areas. There is an addiction that you are still struggling with. There is a sin that easily besets you, that you are still struggling with. Can you just open up to the Spirit right now? Say, Holy Spirit, help me. That's what the Spirit of God was sent to do. He's here to help you. He's here to help you. Help me, Spirit of God. him to help you. Grace is empowerment. But you need the Holy Ghost. You need to, to empower you. Ask him to help you. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Ada bala doge ne bus. El se kapala kosepa. Endelia kalokoria kapala ka. Ask him to help you. Ask him to help you. If you don't help me, where's gonna I go? Jesus. 
supernatural ability that can come upon you that will bring an exponential multiplication in the work of your hands. Supernatural. See, the kind of results God wants to bring about in your life is such that when men see it, they will know it is not your hand that produces it. Are you ready? Are you ready? It will come on you this morning. In every area of your life, there will be supernatural evidence. When they see you, they're not the ordinary man anymore. Because they know that there's something that has changed. The results in your life are not results that is produced by your hands. But they can say, the same way Nebuchadnezzar looked at the three Hebrew children in the fire. 
and he said there is another man that man, that man looks like the son of God that is the experience you will have in your business when men look at you and say no this is not today this is not Elisha this is not Michael this is not Adams something else is involved there is another hand involved in this matter that is the kind of anointing you want to carry this morning that is the kind of enablement you want to carry this morning it is available in God are you listening to me it is available in God grace guarantees it grace is empowerment grace is your merited favor favor that you did not work for favor that cannot be traced on your efforts I release it now your business I release it now your life I release it in your endeavors in the name of Jesus Christ the power of the supernatural it is evident in your life the power of the supernatural it is evident in your life that when they look at you they cannot trace it in your lineage they cannot trace it in your family they cannot trace it by your education they cannot trace it by your track record suddenly suddenly the Bible said when the Lord taught the captivity of Zion and I him what it means is that it was out of the ordinary something supernatural is happening in your life now in the name of Jesus you will experience the hand of God never done before you will experience the hand of God that you, like you've never done before when men see it the Bible said behold I will do a new thing the new thing I'm about to do every year that hears it will tingle every year that hears it will tingle a new thing is coming in your life that men will be amazed men will be amazed and it will bring glory to God listen you know if the things happening in your life are casual everybody knows it's happening to everybody so but God wants to advertise himself through you are you listening to me you will become a signboard of the goodness of God you will become a signboard of the goodness of God that when men look at you they say ah if you want to know the goodness of God come and see brother Ejik if you want to know the goodness of God come and see brother Adamu what is happening in his life it cannot be traced believe God for the impossible right now believe him for the impossible he's the God that makes the impossible possible he's the God that makes the impossible possible I release it upon your life now by the authority I have as your pastor I declare supernatural encounters supernatural is happening in your business is happening in your family is happening in your workplace promotions on every side promotions on every side 
pleases God, even his enemies will be at peace with him. Those that seek to destroy you, to favor you now. There is confusion of the enemy. Anywhere they have met to destroy you, that their meeting will be corrupted. It will turn out for your promotion. It will turn out for your promotion. In the name of Jesus Christ. They have gathered and they have they got they have gathered and they thought they have they have concluded the plan. But they don't know that God is setting them up. What they have used as a setup for you, as a setup for your downfall, is actually a setup for your lifting. God will lift you up. God will lift you up. The Bible says, For God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever desire, you could ever think of. Something supernatural is happening in your life. Jesus now. Celebrate. 